can you do with your love of science? We'll tell you. Welcome back to the show for our love of science. We are your hosts. My name is Shakira. And I am Fatu, and we're both here for our love of science. Yes, for our love of science. And our guest star today is Rowena Kuo. Rowena, welcome, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Great. Well, thank you for having me. Great. So this show is kind of like a part two, right? Because our last show, we had Adrienne, who was on to tell us about some of the programs she works with at the New York Academy of Sciences. But you are also a program manager at the New York Academy of Sciences. Yay! (laughs) So that worked out really well. So you're here to talk about some different programs today. So we're so happy that you're here to talk to us about those programs. And we're excited to get into that. But First, before we jump in, shall we do some food science, ladies? Come on. Let's talk about food. Science. Food's a happy maker. Oh, so good. It's so good. Mm. I'm like salivating already. Oh my gosh, that sounds delicious. I want that now. (laughs) So Shakira, what what is the food question for tonight? All right. Fatu, what's for dinner? (laughs) What's for dinner? Well, Rowena, do you want to go first? Sure. I... I don't know. This this morning, I had to start talking about my morning before I go into my <laughs> Let's do position. it the whole, the whole day. All right. Yeah. So I woke up late and <laughs> I just popped some Korean seafood pancake in, in the oven, um, like a brunch thing. And I just really feeling the Korean food train today. So I'll probably have some something called sudopu. It's mm. spicy tofu hot pot <gasps> soup. Was yeah. right. Interesting. Interesting. Right. <laughs> and are you going to make it or are you going to order out? I think I'm going to make it. Okay. I have, yeah. I have, yeah. I have all the ingredients and I love soup. It Soup just gives me warmth. Yeah. Um, I do like four seasons. Yeah. <laughs> breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> Very healing. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Soup. I don't know if it does all that for me, but I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Have you made this before? Yes. I, I, I like to experiment with different cuisines and different dishes. And it, it, it it's very, like, therapeutic for me to be in a kitchen. And, yes. and I love food so much because cooking is kind of like you put in labor and you have a beautiful product in the end. Yes. You hope. You, you hope. <laughs> Kind of like science, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. How about you guys? What are you guys having for dinner? Well, I have not had dinner yet. Neither me. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But right now the plan is to order out. We're going to do Applebee's. So um, I don't know yet what I want to get from the menu. Last time I think I got like a steak and shrimp kind of thing, which is pretty good. That's what I usually get. Um, but maybe I'll just do like a burger or something, you know, something oh, nice. summery, summer, yeah. summer grill foodie. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, about yeah. you, Shakira? So I have been, as you know, kind of obsessed with 
these creeps <laughs> from oh, that's still going on local stores local restaurant it's called cafe paris or i guess cafe paris if you know yeah. if you want to want to be fancy with it probably so it's so good and so i've basically been having the the like the sweet ones so I've basically been having dessert for for dinner for the past, for the past like week or so. So oh my gosh. yeah, I, I get the sweet ones like the, the you know the chocolate and and the ones with the Nutella and oh my goodness, so I, I've been I've not been eating very healthfully the past couple. <laughs> Of nights, Rowena. Whatever. You know what I say? Hashtag adulting. You know what? It, it, it works. It works. Yeah. You, do, you do you. Dessert for dinner. Dessert for dinner. That's what I've been doing. Do they have savory ones or it's all sweet? I think they have savory ones, but, you know, I haven't really paid attention to the savory ones. <laughs> I'll just ignore that half of the menu. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. I have not paid attention. If it didn't have like chocolate or Nutella or something like that, I didn't see it. So. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> so let's jump in. Rowena, again, thank you, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk with us today. I am definitely very excited to hear about. This one program that I know about is A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Futures, right? I love that name. A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Futures. Like, should it be A Million Girls, A Million Futures? <laughs> but A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Futures. And I first heard about it like a couple of years ago, back when we were still at Rutgers, Fatu, because mm-hmm. um, Sammy did it, right? Sammy yes. did it and Helena oh, did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Helena is actually on the website too, featured on the website. So shout out to Helena. Yeah, I heard about it a long time ago, and they said it was a great program. And you know, I just really, you know, hearing about it, I thought that was a great program. And I love the the mentorship proponent of it because we all know that's so important, right? I'm sure each of us can point to or speak of at least one mentor in our lives who was so instrumental in mm-hmm. helping us to get to where we are. So I really love to hear a lot more about a thousand girls, a thousand futures, and all the other programs that you're working on at the New York Academy of Sciences. So please tell us. Sure. That's great to hear that you actually know people who participated in the program as mentors. So yeah, A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Futures started in 2015. Mm. And it was kind of trying to realize the Academy's vision to close the gender gap in STEM education. And the reason why it's called A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Futures was because we our goal was to invite a thousand girls each year for ah. our program and connect them with a thousand mentors. Wow. So it was definitely a very ambitious goal, but mm-hmm. just last year we invited over a thousand girls. Excellent. Oh my God, amazing. From <laughs> over 80 different countries. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, so oh, I thought it was just in the US. That's amazing. That's what I thought also. Wow. So it's a global virtual program mm-hmm. and that's why it's so special. We're not just focusing on in the U.S. or in New York City. All the girls around the world can participate. And these not only including uh, includes girls, but also female identifying students. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make it as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. And girls join the program and they have access to our online platform. They connect with mentors. 
learned about different career options.、Mm-hmm. And a lot of our students, after they graduate from the program, they still stay in touch with their peers and mentors.、Mm-hmm. And a lot of them help each other to like apply to college, apply for internship. In the past, we actually had a young female student who got an internship at NASA because of a mentor that she was.、Wow. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to achieve: is to really help girls to strengthen their STEM identity and help them to stay on the path to become leaders in. In the STEM field, yeah,、mm-hmm. amazing. I love that. I love that idea, right? Mentoring young girls interested in STEM. And so, are the mentors women in STEM only, or women and men? So they are all women,、mm-hmm. um, and these are extraordinary women in STEM. They're leaders. A lot of times, they're. They haven't been highlighted enough, and we hope through our program, we give them the spotlight and really for them to show the girls how it can be done and how they've achieved all their accomplishments. Wow, that's fantastic! <laughs> that's great. So how how does it work? So girls would have to apply to the program, I guess. Yes, and then I know that mentors also apply. Online, yeah. Do you also reach out to different people to invite them to the program? Yeah. So the academy is really special because we're a membership-based organization.、Mm-hmm. We have a lot of individual members, organizational ne- members. So we work with a lot of higher ed institutes, and that's where we recruit a lot of our mentors from.、Mm. And for our girls, we also have a lot of K to twelve member schools,、mm-hmm. and they can invite their students to apply to our program. And we also do a lot of social media campaigns. Right. So we have、um, used a lot of images and use Facebook and Instagram nowadays. All the <laughs> all the young people are on social media、um, <laughs> to recruit these students. And students apply, and we. Also, mentors apply, and we interview mentors.、Mm-hmm. And once they are accepted to our program, they are invited to our online learning platform, where they have access to different modules, learning modules that includes academic readiness, career readiness, also like emotional intelligence curriculum.、Mm-hmm. So a lot of twenty first century skills and also soft skill development. And they also work in pods with different peers and、hmm. mentors to do more project-based learning. Interesting. Yeah, we also have expert talks. So、um, female experts will share their experiences through webinars,、mm-hmm. and they do、um, live Q and A with our students. Right.、Yeah. And these students, they're they're all high school girls. Yeah, they're thirteen to seventeen year old girls that are all STEM enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> And in the beginning of the program, we focus more on the, the academic aspect of STEM.、Mm-hmm. And in recent years, we're trying to shift it in a way that we want to really foster environment where female students feel empowered to pursue STEM degrees and careers.、Mm-hmm. Excellent, right? Can you talk a little bit about how the mentor-mentee relationship works within the program? Like, you you pair up one girl with one mentor, or like, how does that work? Yeah, so one mentor would be paired up with three to five girls.、Mm-hmm. So they have they can provide individualized guidance, and also they can have sessions with a whole group of girls that they work with. And we have a lot of、uh, materials to help. 
kind of guide those conversations. So they're similar like interview questions. So what what type of questions can girls ask their mentors? What kind of activities? So there's also journaling, documenting, and there are little milestones that they have to achieve, right? So they have to complete certain modules and they have peer assessment, mentor assessment to kind of mark their progress and for us to track their development. Mm -hmm. That's great. So it's sort of like a facilitated, guided mentor-mentee type relationship. And they have projects and things that they that they work on throughout the time. Yeah, but um, the mentor-mentee relationship definitely continue beyond the program. Yeah. So a lot of times, once they're connected, say, on, on LinkedIn or through email, after they graduate the program, they continue to have those relationships. And a lot of our mentors go above and beyond helping our students, like I mentioned earlier, with applying to schools, especially we have a lot of international students who are interested in doing degrees in the U.S. And a lot of our mentors were once international students. So that experience definitely very valuable for many of our students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. And it's so great that they get to to learn how to develop those like mentor-mentee relationships at a young age, mm-hmm. right? And then to keep it and carry it forward as they go on in their career and mm-hmm. to sort of have that support, start building your support system and have that support system as you mm-hmm. travel in your career because that's so, so, so important. Yeah, as we know, a lot of um, from a lot of studies, many female students kind of dropped off the track of mm-hmm. going to STEM during that time, so late middle school and high school, and they're like, oh, maybe this is not for me. Mm-hmm. But we want to make sure there's an environment that's very supportive of young female when they when it comes to STEM learning. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's definitely so key. I mean, I remember part of what drove me to go into STEM is my favorite teachers that I had in high school were biology yeah. and physics, you know, <laughs> teachers, and they were both women and they were just, you know, oh, wow. I enjoyed, yeah, those classes so much. And it was just, you know, like the hands-on labs and they were just so great at how they also just taught their subjects. And that really encouraged me to, you know, pursue biology then when I got to college. So that's definitely key. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So the program has been going since 2015. (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about how it's evolved throughout that time? So I feel like like what I read on the website sounds a little bit different from what I remember Sammy talking about, say, a few years ago when she was in it. So can you talk about how it's evolved over time and why? Yeah, definitely. In the beginning, we had a smaller cohort. Mm-hmm. So it was more, it was like a girls club. Um, <laughs> so girls coming from all over the world and really connecting with each other and sharing their love for science. Mm-hmm. And now we have such a big cohort. So we kind of have to rethink our model mm-hmm. that works for everybody in our program. So we are giving students more options when it comes to what type of STEM learning that they, they want to engage in. And this year, we actually are moving from an all-platform called Schoology hmm. to our academy's own learning platform called Launchpad. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Launchpad was developed by the New York Academy of Sciences. And in the past, it was only used for our other program called the Junior Academy. Hmm. And now, because the, the platform has evolved and really developed, 
we are able to invite um, our girls from the Thousand Girls to Thousand Futures to participate. And we're hoping to incorporate some challenge-based learning. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to propose different STEM or innovation-related challenge topics for girls to tackle it together. And we are also rethinking the modules that we provide. Mm -hmm. So less academic focus and more leadership development Mm -hmm. and more advocacy and communication pieces because we want our girls' voices to be heard Mm -hmm. in our program. And the academy, we see ourselves as having the platform and the channel for to kind of really elevate our girls in our program. Mm -hmm. So it really has changed a lot and we are continuing to improve our programs and we always learn from our students and we always hear from them to see what they think is valuable, what they think is important to learn. And right now we're seeing a lot of girls that are interested in video making. <laughs> a lot of girls, their career aspiration is to become YouTubers or even influencers, which is fine. But we want to make sure they become STEM champions through those outlets as well. Right. Um, Right. Yeah, so we're hoping to do that through our program from a lens of STEM. Right, right, right. Very nice. So through all of that, all of that, you know, evolution of a thousand girls, a thousand futures to this point, what challenges would you say that the program is still facing today? And tell us how we can help. How how the how can the community of STEM help the program? Sure. Well, there are definitely a lot of challenges, Um, (laughs) especially being a virtual program and a global program. Mm -hmm. One thing, the biggest challenge that we have is the digital divide, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of girls that are in under-resourced neighborhoods, they're actually the ones that we are trying to reach. Mm -hmm. However, they probably don't have access to the technology that's needed to participate. Right, right. So that digital divide just further kind of creates a bigger gap in learning. And as a global community, we want to make sure that our program can reach every corner in the world. Right. So I think as a STEM community, we can kind of think how we can tackle that issue. So how do we bring technology or make technology affordable for students? A lot of them only have access to computer when they go to school. And we want to make, as like kind of an extracurricular program, we want to make sure that students can participate in STEM at home. Yeah. Yeah. Has the Academy thought about maybe partnering with some of those bigger tech companies to sort of get support to get tech out into, you know, those under, under-resourced communities? Yeah, definitely. So I think on a global scale, it would be a little bit harder for us, but I know we definitely want hope if we're able to connect with larger corporations that have mm-hmm. the financial capacity to right. do so. Yeah. But I know in the past, we have a lot of sponsors that provide iPads or computers mm-hmm. um, or different learning materials for our programs in New York City. So more localized opportunities for our students. Awesome. Wow. And um, I just have a follow-up question for that. So um, because that is an issue in under-resourced communities here in the U.S., is that something you also have to think about when you're doing this program internationally as well? Do you also go, you know, into like developing countries or maybe more rural or, you know, underserved areas in um, more developed countries? Um, like, so how does, I guess, how does that also play out on the international stage for you guys? 
Yeah. So we a lot of a lot of our girls are actually coming from developing countries. So、mm-hmm. I would say the top three countries our students are from actually India, Egypt, and the U.S.、Mm-hmm. And the reason why that we are we we didn't really specifically target these areas.、Mm-hmm. It kind of just happened organically.、Yeah. And I was just having a conversation with、um, some of our partners the other day, and they found out. A lot of times, students from developing countries they don't necessarily have opportunities like this.、Mm-hmm. It is a free program, and you just need a computer or a smartphone. You you can participate. Right. We also offer free membership to our students, so they have access to this wealth of knowledge of STEM. And for a lot of U.S. students, they have so many different options.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. The participation from our U.S. students are actually lower comparing to students from developing countries. So that's a, that's a very interesting phenomenon that、yeah. we、um, kind of observed. Yeah, and yeah. So to address kind of those issues, we are hoping to offer our K to twelve membership at a lower rate、mm-hmm. to these countries and schools in these countries,、mm-hmm. and really help them to kind of build a stronger STEM career pipeline locally.、Mm-hmm. So many students,、uh, they graduate high school. We hope that they can become great leaders in their own community. And so, through our program, we're hoping to give them those tools. Fantastic! So interesting. Excellent. That was great. I mean, thank you so much for telling us about a thousand girls, a thousand futures. I think it's so so important to encourage young girls who、mm-hmm. are interested in STEM. And really foster that mentorship relationship.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I love the program. I'd really love to to participate. One day, one day, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you you are a program manager. You participate in other programs at the New York Academy of Sciences. Can you tell us about some of those other programs as well? Sure. I also manage. I would say one point five other programs. <laughs> 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 the other program that I manage is called the Junior Academy,、oh. and it's kind of the flagship virtual program that we offer at the academy. And it's a co-ed program, so all the students are welcome to apply. It's also a virtual global program,、mm-hmm. and each year we welcome over a thousand students to join <sighs> our platform, Collagepad. And we work with industry leaders to develop challenge topics,、mm-hmm. and students self-select into teams to come up with solutions to the, those challenge topics. And in the before times, so before the, <laughs> the pandemic, <laughs> in the before time, I love that. <laughs>、uh, we the for the winners are invited to come to the New York Academy of Sciences headquarters in New York City、mm-hmm. uh, to meet each other and、What? present their solutions. Nice. Oh, our annual summit. Yeah. So it's a very interesting and. I, I love the Junior Academy because it's so different from other STEM education program,、mm-hmm. and it's a great way to learn and be inspired from our own students and be like, "Wow, they have so many innovative ideas!、Um, they're very creative, very collaborative environment, and we also offer a lot of expert talks for our students to learn more about kind of the the." Inside secrets of different industries, so they tackle different global pressing issues, and their solu- the solutions that they v- develop are all、um, accessible to the public.、Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of them continue to work on it, and they even develop apps or different wow. websites. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I remember last year, due to the pandemic, we launched a combating COVID-19 challenge. Uh-huh. And one of the solutions was, was picked up by a company <gasps> in Sweden. No yeah. nice. way. <laughs> we were inviting the students in over there to kind of be in the meetings with them and talk more about their solution. What? Yeah. So That's it's amazing. Very interesting. Yeah. And the other 0.5 program, <laughs> it's also kind of in line of the, the challenge-based learning. It's our innovation challenges. That's mostly for our adult audience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of big companies are using these competitions as a recruiting vehicle. Mm-hmm. So for example, every year we work with PepsiCo and yeah. they launch that data science challenge to recruit their college summer interns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we help manage that as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. So, Rowena, so A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Features, and the Junior Academy, those both sounds like massive global affairs. You are the program manager. What does that mean for you? Like, how, how do you manage these programs? What are you doing exactly? Please tell us more about your role. I would really like, love to hear about it. That, that's a great question. Sometimes I sit in front of my desk and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> you know, I kind of just um, catch the ball and throw, throw whenever it comes. <laughs> um, yeah, but in, in terms of today, it, it's, it's very interesting mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, I think because there's such a, big scale, large scale programs. Um, There's a lot of data management. Mm -hmm. Um, So making sure that we have a set and centralized space to kind of track everybody's progress. Mm -hmm. A lot of email communications between me and our students. Mm -hmm. Last year, I started doing student newsletters because I realized a lot of students, especially we have a lot of students, uh, they're from other countries. English was not their first language mm-hmm. like me. So mm-hmm. I personally found that extra support uh, to be very helpful for those students mm-hmm. and kind of just give them some cheat sheets and <laughs> some extra information and also highlight students' performance in those newsletters as well. So a lot of communications, a lot of data management, a lot of reporting, so making charts mm-hmm. and to make our program sound impressive mm-hmm. <laughs> and communicating with our partners as well. So a lot of community management. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. And, yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah, it definitely sounds like a massive undertaking. But we're Absolutely. so happy that you're doing it and we're happy that you came in to talk to us about it today. Yeah. So Rowena, can you um tell us maybe a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are now? So, you know, when you were starting and you were like a younger, younger Rowena, just you know, a couple years back, <laughs> right? Not that long ago. Um, what really influenced you to go into, you know, like a science focused field? Like were there any sort of like aha or like wow, like, you know, moments <laughs> when you were growing up to really kind of get you started on this path? Yeah, so as a baby Rowena, <laughs> I I moved around a lot when I was young, mm-hmm. and I always found 
it was easier for me to connect with nature. So I think that's Ooh. the first thing that I, I didn't really make a connection between nature and science mm-hmm. early on. I just found my love for nature very, very early on. And and then once I entered grade school, I learned more about environmental science. Ah. So that's when I was like, oh, so there's science in, in nature. nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that really? sounds like a wow moment, right? Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I get it now. Because no, when you were younger, um, just on television, you saw science is just like, you know, putting things in different bottles. Right. Oh, smoke. (laughs) Smoke. (laughs) I like that. Perfect. Wow. Um, But, you know, that's when I realized, oh, so science is everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's in our daily lives. And when I was in middle school, I still have this really vivid memory of my, like, an experiment that I did with my classmates. Mm -hmm. It was just cooking salted water. Mm-hmm. And boiling the water down and to look look at the salt. The salt. <laughs> I don't know why that was so memorable to mm-hmm. me. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I remember our teacher was saying, so I, I my family's from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And I went to middle school all the way to uh, to college in, in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And in southern parts of Taiwan, there's a big like salt industry. Mm-hmm. And I remember our teacher kind of making that connection and she took us onto a field trip to these like salt fields. Wow. And she's like, that's, that's what they do on the larger scale. They were boiling down water and then having the salt. Yeah. And like, oh. <laughs> Wait, I thought they just came from bottles. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I was like, oh, science is so cool. And I can do science at home. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right? So I can do it too. And then when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I was a big CSI fan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was like, wow, I want to work in the lab. Yes. I want to go onto the fields and collect different samples mm-hmm. and help solve crime. Right. <laughs> so that's when I decided I want to do something like biomedical science related. Yeah. And my grandpa, who's like... He was like the biggest inspiration in my life. He was oh, a um, civil engineer. Oh, amazing. And I remember when he was younger, like in his early career, he went to Congo hmm. to yeah. teach local people how to build or, and local governments how to build dams, how to like basically the help with like agriculture, farmings and things like that. And right, I was right. just like, oh, I'm also very in- interested in like kind of that part mm-hmm. and then I realized I'm not that good in physics so I was like okay so maybe biomedical science would be my path <laughs> but I ended up double majoring when I was in undergrad biomedical science and environmental biology because yeah, um, I never gave up on my love for for nature nature see that too nature wow <laughs> I like you guys hike and sweat and enjoy nature I personally <laughs> I'm oh, just looking at you. My air conditioned, you know, room looking out the window. <laughs> you can bring a full fan when you go hiking. That is true, right? <laughs> yeah, so 
And then when I was in college, I had the opportunity to participate as a, like a counselor at a summer camp, a wow. science summer camp for high school students. And I was like, I love summer camps. It's <laughs> a very campy person sometimes. I'm like, I love those songs. I love <laughs> Yeah, and, I, and those science camps, we invite invited a lot of scientists to talk with our high school like campers oh, wow. I was like this is amazing so I started my own science camp when I was in college amazing so, and <laughs> later on in my um junior year I started an insect camp because oh, I wow. love how <laughs> oh my gosh that's you I hope I'm not scaring you but I love <laughs> You can do. Yeah. Yeah. So I recruited, I was tutoring. And so I I recruited those students that I was tutoring. I'm like, come join me. (laughs) So, like, we learned how to make like samples and capturing bugs. We took them out on field trips. And then that's when I found STEM education. I was Mm -hmm. like, there's so many different pedagogies and effective ways of teaching STEM. Yeah. And I found for me, informal learning is what really stood out mm-hmm. to me when it comes to STEM education. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided that I'm going to pursue kind of educational education psychology mm-hmm. as my master's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got my master's in human development and I specialized in developmental differences. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I went in with kind of the goal to learn more about STEM education and how to how to meet individual learning needs mm. and then narrow it down to how do we effectively teach students with disabilities. Right. Wow. Yeah. So how do we make STEM education more inclusive? Right. Um, yeah. So I learned so much in grad grade school through all the way to grad school. And that's how I kind of became the butterfly that I <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I had a lot of inspirations along the way, yeah. a lot of great mentors and yes. peers that supported yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more maybe about a couple of those mentors? I know you mentioned your teacher who took you to like the, you know, like the, where they make the salt. Who else, you know, was, was, was on your journey that inspired you to make it here? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, Fati, earlier you mentioned that you had two like great teachers that yes. were both female. And I also found myself to be very lucky because from middle school all the way to um, college, I had so many science and chemistry teachers that were also females. And Mm -hmm. they really showed me that we can do it as well, you know, and they really encouraged me to stay on the path of STEM and broaden kind of what definitions uh, what this definition of STEM is. Mm-hmm. So it's not just people working in labs. There's so many careers in STEM that's achievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say, like I said, my grandfather was my biggest mentor in life Aww. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was such an inspiration. And he really kind of encouraged me, even though he's not with me anymore, but mm-hmm. he still like every day inspired me to be an inspiration for more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's, as a mentor, he gave me a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. and just 
empower me to become the woman I am today. Aww, oh my goodness. That's that's so special. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I'm sure just thinking about him motivates you every yeah. day. That's amazing. See those mentorship relationships, man, even with family, right? Yeah. It's right? so amazing. Just yeah. thinking about it. It's like, yes, I can do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I like sometimes, that. you know, we have this idea that, you know, mentors are, you know, just, this like very sort of like specific and defined individuals, but they can be Mm -hmm. anywhere. They can be in your family. They can be in your career. They can be outside of your career. They can be your Mm -hmm. friends. You know, it's just exactly like what you're saying, Rowena, just people who like inspire you and motivate you, you know, like within your career journey, whatever that may be. And yeah, I think especially for women that can be really, really empowering. Yeah. Mentors can like, they come in different shapes and sizes. And I think, no, are, those are the people who really see the potential in you and they they see where you can be and just keep you on the path and keep you motivated. Yes, definitely. I, I agree with that 150%. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So considering your journey, um, you know, what were sort of like the thoughts, the hopes, uncertainties that you had about yourself when you were first starting? And what kind of advice would you give your younger self? You know, like when you were starting those summer camps, were you ever like, <laughs> ah, I don't know if I should do this, you know, or, or other people like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so like, what, if you could go back in time, what would you tell, you know, like your younger self, you know, to, as like, I don't know, inspiration, advice, whatever, that everything's going to be okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I that's a great question. I think a lot of times right now I tell a lot of our young students and be ambitious, right? Dream big. Yeah. But I think if I had the I had the opportunity to tell my younger self, I would be like, tone it down a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> no. And focus on, focus on one thing at a time. I think I have a lot of ideas and the I tend to not think about the execution part. Ah. <laughs> well, I can do this, I can do that, but I never really think about the nitty-gritties of like the logistics behind actually oh. putting it in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had to, I, I fell a several, several times while I was in college, like mm-hmm. doing so much things. Um, but you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, but definitely those were very challenging times, juggling different things. But that's when you learn. But I think I would tell my younger self to, instead of stepping out of my comfort zone, expand my comfort zone. Ooh. So Interesting. I think we, fo- yeah, I think when I was younger, I focused a lot of, focused a lot of on um, kind of forcing myself to do things that I'm not comfortable with. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Because that's what but, everyone says, right? Yeah. But instead of doing that, maybe we learn new things and mm-hmm. we make that thing to be something that we feel comfortable with yeah. um, and challenge ourselves that way. Yeah. Interesting. Excellent. So sort Interesting. of expand what your strengths are. Don't focus on your weaknesses. Right? Mm-hmm. Focus yeah. on your strengths. But it's okay to like, you know, get out of your strengths and try new things too. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I like that. Oh, great. So we are going to play a quick game now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great game, um, and it is called Rose Rose Thornbud. So, so the two roses are sort of two things um, that you think were your biggest successes, biggest opportunities, or highlights of your career. Mm-hmm. The thorn is one disappointment. Uh, that you endured or something that did not go well. And then the bud is something that you are looking forward to in the future. So 
Rose Rose Thornbud. So Rowena will give you a couple minutes. Oh, well, maybe like <laughs> a minute or two. <laughs> you know, think a little, and then um, you can, yeah, go. You can just go ahead and just let us know what your two roses are, what your thorn is, and what your bud is. Yeah, you got a lot of material. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've already heard some of that, right, while talking to you. I think rose, rose, um, definitely a lot of roses. I think I. Can- I think I, have a, I can have a rose garden myself. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Isn't that inspiring to hear? I can have a rose garden. That's amazing. Yes. I think career-wise, my first job in New York City, I worked at Brooklyn Children's Museum because mm-hmm. I, I love informal education. I love summer camps. I love museums. I love parks. I love... When I was working there, I built so many relationships that I never knew I could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I moved to New York City. I, I drove to New York City from upstate New York with all my belongings. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I drove seven hours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know anybody, but... I didn't know the neighborhoods. I didn't know the people. I knew about New York City from movies. Oh and my goodness! Shows. And then so brave, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Brooklyn Children's Museum was uh, it's located in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and it's in kind of under resourced um, neighborhood. And I entered it without knowing anything about the community. Mm. And. I, and I worked at the after school program over there in the in the museum and I got to meet the students there and I learned so much about them and it really just opened my view of there are so many students that have the potential mm-hmm. but they don't have the resources they yeah. don't have the opportunities yeah. um, we talked about having mentors in your families these are students that hopefully will potentially be you know, the first the generation first, college students. The first, yeah. 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 I, they see me as kind of somebody who can help them navigate through that journey. Mm. And that, ju- I was so inspired by them, by their passion and enthusiasm and things that were never portrayed in media, right? They were, mm. Those are stories that were never told. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy to be a part of their lives and help kind of be that catalyst for their love for science. Mm-hmm. So that would say that's a rose. Mm-hmm. And I always, yeah, I always think back to that moment when I had a young female student who came to me and she told me that Miss Rowe coming to the after school at the museum is my best time in my every day and oh, on saturday goodness. on sunday i want to be here oh. and i was like oh and but this i spent an hour each day with them from monday to friday and she still wanted to see me on the <laughs> weekend <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so i would say that's a that's one big rose mm-hmm. that i have yeah um another rose yeah, I, I would say the summer caps. <laughs> um, I got to share my love for science and my love for bugs and yeah. weird animals <laughs> yeah, yeah. with students. I think that the roses I have and the, the roses that really come to my mind are the things that are the moments that I, I 
felt like I made an impact on other people's lives. And I felt like I made lasting relationships uh, Mm -hmm. with an individual or with the community. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, (laughs) And Thorn, one Thorn or multiple (laughs) Thorns? It it is up to you, but I think you get one. I don't know what the rules are, Shakira. (laughs) (laughs) Completely up to you. At least one thorn, let's say. (laughs) Yeah, one thorn. Um, I think you know we definitely I've encountered a lot of challenges and difficulties throughout my career, and you know in in education as well. But I I would say I. It's kind of a systematic thing. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself being represented in leadership position in a lot of mm-hmm. nonprofit organizations or in STEM education. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, we always say we want to strengthen and kind of promote STEM identity with our students. Mm-hmm. We as educators and people who work with youth, we also need to have a strong STEM identity, right? Yeah. Um, and not seeing that can be challenging sometimes and discouraging when, mm-hmm. especially when, when you're kind of thinking where I want to take my career in the next five to 10 years, mm-hmm. I hope I can see more people like me or mm-hmm. just women in color in general. Mm-hmm. They're in those positions already and I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. So does that count as a thorn? <laughs> I think you did thorn and bud like a combination. <laughs> a hybrid. <laughs> yeah, you did a hybrid thorn, thorn bud right there. So that works. It's good. Perfect. Yeah. yeah it, well, yeah. I think the thorn is just kind of breaking through that glass mm-hmm. ceiling. Yeah. And you're looking you forward know. to seeing that. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Um, more women in STEM and STEM education would be the mo- the best thing in the world. And yeah. I think my personal goal would be have to actually start some type of smaller scale nonprofit and mm-hmm. to highlight women in STEM, mm-hmm. or just have do uh, or just do summer camps as my life. <laughs> I like it. I'll be satisfied. <laughs> we are here for it. Rowena's summer camps. I like Yay! it. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> As a camper? <laughs> I don't know. Can I be a camper? Yeah, For all ages. Yeah, all go, ages. Right? I was like, adult summer camps? I don't know. <laughs> adult summer camps sounds so fun. Oh, my God. Like, you know, I think, I, think, I think there could be a market for it. I think there could yeah. be a market for it. I agree. It sounds good. <laughs> And you can have hiking, I guess. We can have hiking. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else in this segment, Fatu? Um, I have no additional questions. Do you have any follow-ups, Shakira? I just want to say, it sounded to me like from your journey you were learning a lot and discovering throughout your journey and you got, you know, through undergrad loving STEM and knowing that you wanted to go into STEM education. And then you made this amazing decision to get your master's sort of studying people. I think that's amazing, right? Like I can understand like, okay, I want to teach STEM. I'm going to learn more about teaching STEM, but you 
sort of understood the intricacies of how different people need different things, different methods to learn well. And you decided to go and study, you know, people, like how can you represent all those different kinds of people? I just, I just think that's an amazing journey. And, you know, whatever, all the different things you did to get there, like, kudos, girl. (laughs) I I love it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, so to wrap up, we'd like to talk about life light pop 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 with, <laughs> with the sound effects. I'm gonna be doing that. I'm gonna be doing that every time now. <laughs> so outside of STEM advocacy and your passion for that, what lights up your life? What are your hobbies? What are your passion projects? What do you like to do to pass the time? Yeah, so I like to make Legos. Um, yeah, and I'm so excited that they are developing so many Legos for adults. And I recently made a Lego bonsai tree that nice. I water every day and it's on my desk. Whoa, that's fantastic! And it has like li- these little like pieces of Legos as soil. Oh my, oh my god. god, I love it! I love it. Well, I actually have several sets. I have said that it was like a collaboration between Lego and NASA. Um, and it's women in NASA. So there's like Mae Jemison, like yeah. those little mini things. Oh, oh my God. You guys want to see? Yes. Please. <laughs> yes. Legos. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I know. I know. I know. Oh my God. That's a good one. That's a good oh one. Nice. She has a little helmet. Oh my god. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Lego has a lot of um, toys for adults now. Um, I know that the audience might not be able to see it. I actually just got a new one delivered. Like Amazon? Can can I just like Amazon? Oh my god, that's amazing! Um, yeah, you can go to, I think, lego.com. They do online shops, um, Amazon. There are also a lot of, um, I know in New York, there are a lot of local businesses. They do customize Legos. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you want to support your local small business, you can do that and do some research as well. Cool, Um, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I I also love hiking, Shakira. Another hiker! (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. (laughs) I was hinting it. I love nature. I love trees. I love catching bugs. And I actually have a frame, like, picture of um, Zion National Park. I went oh. to Angel's Landing. It's one of the most difficult hiking trails in, in the States. Oh, where is that? Where is that? Um, in Utah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, it's really cool. So if you have the opportunity, definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, and during quarantine, I also picked up baking. Like, oh, a, lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. What did you make? Um, I tried to make bread yes yeah they were edible <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. what happened? Um, well it's 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 the chemistry part that i haven't <laughs> <laughs> you mean the, the, the yeast or what the, like no the 
yeah, the proofing and yes. it gets really cold in my apartment in New York City sometimes. So they, it just takes a while. Um, but I make uh, Christmas cookies last last oh, year. Yay. Um, some cakes that were, Ooh. if you can call them cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're in experience. Yummy is also good, right? Uh, yeah. I would say they didn't look good. They also didn't take. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a it, it's a learning curve. It's yeah, a learning, learning process. Yes. 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 Um, yeah, but I, I I make sure I have a lot of different things to keep me occupied outside of work to kind of just make sure that there's a balance of things I can like take my mind off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but hiking is definitely my number one. Number one, hiking. Yeah. We're going to have to start keeping a tally now, Shakira. I know. We are. We are. <laughs> Competition is on. <laughs> Ooh, all right. All right. I got you. Okay. Rowena, thank you so much for sharing with us. Is there anything else you'd like to add about you? Um. No, this was such a great conversation. We really enjoyed speaking with you, Rowena. Um, I will forgive the the love of hiking, but <laughs> <laughs> everything else, you know, honestly, has just been so inspirational. And I really feel that um, I hope a lot of our listeners can really see themselves in your story. You know, mm-hmm. you were you were just a girl who was interested in a lot of stuff, had a lot of mm-hmm. ideas, and just had to try them out and just see where you go. And yeah. I think you know. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in the fear of failure that we never want to do anything. And that can be so, so sad, right? So it's like sometimes just like get out there, just do it, just try, just fail, and that's okay. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can end up with a rose garden. And that's so beautiful. I think that's really fantastic. So thank you for coming to speak with us. Absolutely. That was a beautiful story. It's, it was so great hearing your story. It was an honor to have you on our podcast. And I'm so happy yes. that you're able to come and share not just about A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Futures and the Junior Academy, but also your amazing, very inspiring story. So we will definitely, in the show notes, add links to mm-hmm. both of those programs and the Innovation Challenge. That's for adults, right? And also how people can reach out to you to connect with you and hear more about your story and sort of build that network. So um, listeners, please get involved with A Thousand Girls, A Thousand Futures. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Junior Academy <laughs> and Innovation <laughs> Challenge. There you go. <laughs> reach out to Rowena. Reach out to us. We'd really love to hear your thoughts in comments. Yes. Rowena, any final, any final words? Well, thank you both for having me. This has been such a great conversation and I'm so happy for you that you two are starting this um, podcast. I heard (laughs) the introduction episode one and I was like, this sounds amazing. Yeah, I love when people actually actualizing their their vision and um, I'm so excited for you two and I'm so excited to be here and having this opportunity to chat with you too. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And on that note, Thank you, everyone, for listening to our latest episode of For Our Love of Science. Please subscribe, like, and share. And you guys can reach out to us um, by email. Questions, comments, commentary. No hiking recommendations, please. And until (laughs) next time, (laughs) I'm not going to let it go. You are too much. (laughs) Yes, we are.
for our love of science. <laughs> Good night, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>